Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. And I know, I know, I say it every week that I'm super excited to be here, and I'm super excited for you to hear this episode, but I really, really am super excited for this week's guest. Joanne and I are lifelong friends. In fact, it's been probably over 30 years. We've traveled together, we've been in each other's weddings, yearly girls weekends, and now weekly Zoom calls to connect on a much more spiritual level. In this conversation, you'll understand what it means to truly tap into your innate wisdom. And Joanne talks about how she has brought to life many of her visions but also how she started to live on autopilot and allowed the stress of an executive career to take over. The best part of Joanne's story is how she is now living her life in flow, listening to her inner knowing, and how she is connected to her guides, which, by the way, we all have. Make sure you listen to the end as Joanne has an amazing offer for you that you won't want to miss. So let's get started. Joanne, welcome to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I am beyond excited that you are here. Um, so I just want to give my listeners a little bit of an idea on our connection. And just before I hit record, <laughs> you so graciously reminded me that it's probably more than 30 years. It's more like 35 years that we have known each other. Um, so we go way back, right? Um, so even though... Our lives have taken us on different directions, literally, with you recently moving from Canada to the U.S. Our spiritual journeys have been on a similar path. Um, And even though we didn't even know it. um, And in fact, I think it was a really flute conversation one day on one of our Friday Zoom chats that we realized that we were actually on the same path. Right. Is that does that sound right? That's true. 100%. Yeah. So I would really love for you to introduce yourself, uh, tell my listeners a little bit about what you're currently doing, and then we will really dig in. That sounds awesome. Thank you so much. I am super excited to be here too. Um, My name is Joanne Carey. I'm a conscious channel, a teacher of being and a mindset coach. And I help people who are here to make an impact those people who may consider themselves way showers or light workers. And I help them connect to their innate wisdom and multidimensional self while releasing those patterns and structures and beliefs that are keeping them stuck, help them connect with a deeper layer of joy so that they can truly live the empowered and abundant life that we were intended to live here. I love all that. And just when you said the aspect of joy, right? I, I remember early in our, in your journey where you are really a joy activator. And I remember that from growing up with you is that you were always the one who brought the joy. You were always 
um, which we can dig into, right? There's reasons why that was, but always the one who had the smile on your face. And um, I think that's where you are now is definitely makes a lot of sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I recently, like I said in the intro, is that it's been three years now since you moved to the States. I guess it'll be four. Almost four. Almost yeah. four years. Um, and strangely enough, right, we went from being four hour drive away to um, like a time zone, three hour time zone difference. And we've connected more over the last couple of years. And I think it's it's unbelievably amazing that we can do that. But I really um, would love for you to share sort of what what changed in your life? I mean, you can share a little bit, obviously, what what led you to California, um, but just the big shift and what that was about um, and where you were before what you've just explained to the listeners where you are now, which is we're going to dig into, but just sort of what it is that made that shift for you. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was I was living a life that by all standards defines success. I would got good grades. I graduated with honors. I got a great job. I married the love of my life. I got a beautiful house and property. I climbed up the corporate ladder at the third largest institution in Canada, a university. But something was missing. I didn't feel fulfilled. I, I felt like there's got to be something more. There was this yearning inside. And I, I got to the point where I thought, oh, my gosh, I think I'm dying a bit inside. And I didn't know why, because I had met all of society's requirements of success. Yeah. And when I finally started to go, well, what is it? And I started to ask. The answer started to come. And it was really the beginning of a spiritual journey that I didn't know was spiritual at the time. But it, it really led to ultimately me leaving a 20-year career, a six-figure job, and flying off to California with my husband, which just changed everything and really led to me where I am today. Yeah, I I see so many people, right, living that, quote, perfect life. Um, and I've been through it myself. I mean, I've shared with my listeners the fact that I'm 22 years into a policing career. Um, and I've shared with you, right? I remember um, there's definitely been a time where I have gone to work and forget about all the aspects of policing, but definitely feeling like I was literally dying inside and having that same feeling of there's got to be something more. And I, I feel that a lot of people ignore that feeling because they want to stay safe and comfortable um, don't want that outside world to look in and say, oh, but their life is so perfect. Like, what are they doing? Um, and then all those beliefs and those stories come up about why you can't make the shift. So mm-hmm. what is it that, like the signs you said you saw that something was missing, you felt that in your being, but what other things did you notice that you knew you needed to make the change? Yeah, it's really interesting because part of it was really sneaky and and I didn't recognize it for a long time. But what I found is that 
my generally um, joyful nature, especially in my work environment, became very judgmental. I was very frustrated. I was complaining a lot. And that wasn't like who I'd, who I'd always been. And outside of my life, I noticed that the things that I really enjoyed doing, gardening, hiking, reading, exploring, disappeared to a, a great degree. Mm-hmm. And I started to replace that with numbing maybe drinking a bit more instead of just on weekends, maybe adding a drink or two in the, in the evenings just to relax and to begin to cope with something that I didn't know. And it, it, it was those little patterns that were just so sneaky because they, they crept in so subtly and it's all about keeping you small. It's all about keeping you stuck where you are in ways that you aren't even aware of. And so it was those signs until it just started to get more and more evident until you just, until you just know that you can't take it anymore. Yeah. And that that's, um, and then you either go down the spiral of more of those numbing, right. Uh, where we see so many people, unfortunately can't get out of that mind loop or you make the change. And so, There was an opportunity um, for you and Derek to move to California and you did it. So how did you approach doing that, giving up that 20 year career that, and maybe you can share the fact as well is that what the work, the work, and I say that in quotes as well, the employment, I guess, is the better way to say aspect for you in California. So how did you how did you mentally prepare for that? <laughs> well, it kind of happened when that when the little voice in my head, when that little bit of I'm dying a bit inside each day, when I felt my soul was dying a bit each day, and I didn't even know I had a soul at the time. Okay. And but it got so strong. And we had worked at paths on how I might leave to do something else. Um, and that's still in the plan. But finally one day I said to my husband, I can't do this. I'd started out, you know, I'd started this process of asking. I started asking for signs. I started realizing that I was more than this human body that I was in and who I believed I was. Um, I was introduced to vision boards and had was now teaching vision boards. And I was thinking, that's it. I'm living my six figure career and I'm going to do vision board workshops for a living. I don't care. But Lyanne, what happened in that moment of surrender, and people talk about surrender, and I didn't know it at the time, but it was when I gave the universe, source, spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, permission that I said, I am, I am done. I'm leaving now. I literally went into work the next day, and I invited my boss to lunch to let him know that I was going to be leaving. I didn't have a, a set specific I had to be out tomorrow. I was already planning my replacement, how my team was going to work, all of this sort of things. He, he accepted my invitation to lunch. And when I got to lunch and I worked up the courage to let him know that I was leaving, he said, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that was like, don't tell me what I'm not doing. <laughs> he said, no, I'm leaving. And I am, and I've recommended you for my replacement as the assistant vice president of human resources. And I went, no, <laughs> no, what are you doing? I'd already decided that I was leaving. 
And what transpired from their land was by the end of the day, I had the offer for the interim position. But little did I know, because I said, I have to talk to my husband about this. This is a big decision. I was leaving. Literally, by the time I got a hold of him, he was in California for a work trip. When I got a hold of him to let him know that there was this job opportunity and that I was going to do it, at least in the interim, he said, well, I got news too. Um, I've just got offered the VP position at my company, but it requires us moving to California. Wow. And then all of a sudden my vision board came into my bloody perspective. And there's a picture of Derek and I with VP of his company and me as the AVP of HR. And this people is the power of a vision board. Watch what you put on it. Make sure you review it to make sure it's up to date because the universe is conspiring on your behalf. Yeah. And so it actually couldn't have worked out more perfect. I ended up spending about 10 months in that role, could have stayed longer, but the opportunity to then move to California and that 10 month period, there was so much release. You're talking about how do you get your mind there? Mm -hmm. Because I never thought that my life or identity was tied to my job. Yes. I didn't see that. I just, I just knew that I, you know, did what I did and I I enjoyed people and, and, and working with people, but little did I know that there was way more tied to my identity. And so when I, we packed up house, we sold the house, we sold the property, we shifted to California to this new place that you think that there's not much difference when you, you know, between the United States and Canada and There is, there's just little differences. And I went into this, oh my goodness, what am I going to be when I grow up? (laughs) You know, like starting over, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Your identity really is. And and I think for a lot of people, um, it's, it's a turning point like this, where all of a sudden they're like, shit, that that really is my life. Like, what, what am I going to do now? Right. And then all those limiting beliefs start popping in. I can't do anything else. I need to stay here. I need to have the career and the pension. And, and so those thoughts creep in, did those thoughts creep in for you now that you've now started, you've moved to California, like, shit, what am I going to do? Like you said, what, what am I going to do with my life? Yes. 100%. Yeah. And it's, and it starts off with the general premise of, of fear, right? This, Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? What can I do? What am I good at? So you ask all of those questions about yourself. Then you start looking about like, you sort of come to that conclusion. like, oh, okay, well, I've got 20 years of a career. Like I, I've got stuff to do. But then as soon as you start taking those little action steps towards doing life coaching, then you realize that it's the limiting beliefs that start popping up one after another. And that's when I, when I took my certification in the clear belief coaching to help people really rewire their subconscious minds. But it started with mine. Yeah. And over like 150 hours of working on clearing those limiting beliefs that just one after another, I thought, Oh my God, this is never end. <laughs> this is- and it doesn't though, does it? It's layers. Yeah. It really is layers. The more I learn when we look at our, our path, our spiral of consciousness upwards, 
that the pattern, it's, that's the onion, those cycles around the spiral upwards in consciousness is where we get the layers of the onion. So whether it's the, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not deserving enough, I don't want to be seen, I'm, I'm worried about being successful, I'm worried about not being a success. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's so many things. And, and we have obviously discussed this, but where those come from, right? We know are those beliefs, we, we're not, we don't come into this world with those beliefs. Those are learned or they're uh, modeled in front of us by parents and family and school. And so for you, where, where do you think those fears started to come from? Like what fears did you have now that your safe career is gone? The perfect looking life is now sort of not as perfect as maybe you thought it should be. Where do you think that came from for you? Gosh, it really does come from every all of your experiences from the time that you're a little kid upwards. But for me, right, those first fears that came into my head is that I had swore that I would never be dependent on anyone for us for a salary that I would always have my own money, my own account. And so that was the first thing for me is because I had left a country and, and wasn't able to work for the first period of time um, as all of the, the paperwork and, and whatnot all went through. And so allowing myself to be in receipt and understanding that I had issues with that, mm-hmm. to be able to receive that support um, and it, and it perfect, it permeates your whole life, right? It's not, you think it's about your job and about money, or you think it's about your relationship, or you think it's about, you know, anything in your life, but every area contains that resonance, that belief. It just permeates all through it. And I just had to work through not understanding how to love myself, not being able to receive well the love of others because I wasn't able to receive it within myself. Um, Because I think that that really is a big one for everyone is I thought that I loved myself. You know, I, I worked out, I ate healthy, I went to the spa, I got, you know, I got massages, I did all the things. And what I, what I didn't realize at the time is that so much of that was still based in what others were going to think of me or how did I look so I would be accepted or approved of. Because um, we don't want to not be accepted. We want people to think highly of us. And I was a bloody perfectionist. I, can, I joke now that I'm a recovering control freak perfectionist. And, and it's true. And I think the more we realize, like I would catch the thoughts, like this is the biggest thing for people is to look at what are the thoughts you're saying to yourself on top of what you're saying to everybody else. When you walk by the mirror and you see, oh, you got some cellulite or that roll or, you know, your arms don't look the way you want them to. What are the words you're saying to yourself? And that was a big one for me, doing a lot of work with myself and understanding that it was okay for me to receive love. Yeah. And at first that meant receiving it in 
all the different ways through support, through a loving relationship, but knowing that ultimately it's an inside job. And that as that healed, and as I allowed those wounds to be healed, and, and to be honest, in that case, I don't know where that came from. I'm assuming it came from just watching society in general, in terms of you have to be a certain way, you have to have a certain job, you have to act a certain way, dress a certain way, say certain things, or you're told to be quiet, to be not seen mm. to, that it's not acceptable, and you learn very quickly. And so I think that I think that comes down to not loving because when we see that we're shut down in all of those ways, or even if it's not ourselves, we see other people shut down, then we right away go into that protection mode to say, oh, they got in trouble or they were rejected. So I'm not going to make that same mistake. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, right? And and being able to, like you said, it really is an inside job. I know everybody's like, happiness is an inside job or self-love, <laughs> but it really is because when you can't love this physical body um, and, and everything, whether it's good or bad, not, you can't ignore the bad things or we label them like that, but the not positive things that happen in our lives, we have to accept and receive and understand and then let learn to let go, but also to love ourselves in order to receive everything else that we can receive. And I love that you mentioned sort of, I guess it's a, manifestation I guess we could call it in that you know you saw on your vision board and then being then then it happened for you and you're like holy crap like now what do we do it it actually is here in front of us but being able to receive from other people I think is one thing that a lot of people struggle with I think because all those barriers that you just mentioned right um, but you see and people model things and I don't want to get in trouble or, you know, my sibling was told that they're always too much or, you know, there's so much things that our parents have done, not because they did it. They just didn't know. And you you can't blame them, but you can learn and say, OK, they were where they were. They did what they did because of whatever reasons their childhood And we have to let go of all of that, but know that we have the control individually to make changes and shifts in our life. And so is that something, like you said, you're, you're now in California having to receive sort of be be supported um, because you're not working. What, what did you do? Like, what did you physically do with your time? that now has led you to sort of leading up to the channeling and that aspect? Like, was it journaling? Was it meditating? Like, how did you spend your time? It's funny. The first year that I was down here really was learning to relax. I didn't realize that for 20 years I had been running full forward and never stopping long enough to do anything. And yeah, it started (laughs) journaling. I got journals. They stayed empty for a long time. Um, I think my first step in was I tried journaling. It didn't It didn't work for me to begin with. Uh, I wasn't giving myself the time to just allow anything to come out. Meditation was a, a big part of learning to 
go into stillness, still the mind, allowing myself permission to read books hmm. that I had just stopped doing because I was busy and I was living on an autopilot and self-preservation mode for so many years that I didn't have time to do that. And when I did have time, I just wanted to numb it out. <laughs> I just wanted to relax in that way. And so really it was coming through the, the clearing of the beliefs that allowed me to get to a point where I would give myself permission to sit still and to relax. And I realized that I was so much in the masculine drive, energy, do, hustle, work hard, all of those things, even when I didn't have any pressure to do that. And it became very clear that there was a feminine, a much more relaxed and soft aspect of myself that had been whispering in my corner <laughs> for more time to play and be still. And so, yes, it, it ended up with meditation, then um, writing in journals, and just really beginning to explore who am I now? And that really came in a bit of journal work. Um, I'm one into flow charts and diagrams and breaking it down. And I looked at, you know, I still had my very active thinker part, which was helpful in exploring what brings me joy now? What brings me joy? Because what I learned very quickly as I started to work with other people is that we know what we don't want, but we don't often know what we do want, what brings us joy. It's, it is a baffling thing for so many people because we are so programmed that we need to do a certain thing or I should do this thing. And it's not until you give yourself the space to begin to explore that. And that was getting into some of the mindfulness practices. Yeah. The including stillness. breath work too, which has been, which has been really, yeah, a lot of people, right. Don't want to sit still because they don't want to be with their thoughts. Yeah. Right. Because they, they, they say, I can't get my mind to, to sit still and to, and I've explained like, that's why I've created my meditation uh, program is to teach people that that's not the point. The point of meditation is to be able to sit still long enough um, to allow those thoughts to come and then realize that probably 90% of the thoughts that you're having are from the day before yeah. and you are literally living on autopilot yes. and until you can sit still and find the things that <laughs> do bring you joy, you'll never get out of that autopilot life. And so how did you, <clears throat> we've talked about some of the things that you've had to let go of, right? Like you understanding that you don't have to always be in the hustle mode and the grinding mode and allowing that other side, the feminine energy side to come in. Um, but what is one of the biggest or maybe even most shocking thing that you've learned on this journey? What is the one thing that maybe you've had to let go of? And I know it's a layer. It's like an onion, right? Everything, every time, every day you're peeling back that onion, that layer. But up to this point, what is one thing that has maybe shocked you that you've learned about yourself? <laughs> Jeez, that's a great question. I'm going to sort of, I'm going to answer this in sort of two different ways, because I think the one thing that is the biggest onion 
has been around self-worth mm. and, and feeling deserving of it. That good enough, it, those ties, those are, they have been such the big ones for me because at every step I take, at every layer in the business that I've been developing and even as I pivot, it always comes back to that. And I, I would never have said that I lacked self-worth or esteem or any of those things. But so that, that was it. But I think the, the biggest surprise is that we're so much bigger than we think we are. I was not raised religious or, or spiritual. And so the biggest surprise to me is that we got a whole bloody team of consciousness beings, source, God, angels, guides, whatever you want to call them, that are supporting us and that we can connect to them and access wisdom that we don't even, we just were never taught that we have access to. So I think that what for me was the biggest shock because how do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of going on. Um, and like you said, you weren't ra- raised religious. And so when this sort of, you know, you get into your meditation and your journaling and then you just mentioned, right, we've got this, a whole other energy source that's out there that again, it's hard for people to believe if that's not something that's in your world. And maybe you can touch on this a bit because I remember in the first parts of our conversation about God and how that was a challenge, I guess, per se for you to that, what, what God is seen as and how that was brought into your sort of your path. Yeah, God, the word God was a trigger for me. It was something that from the experience that I had had with the church based on boys that I had dated and and was taken to church, it didn't, I didn't have good feelings. And every time I would hear the word God, my stomach would contract. I would get like this, a contraction and the word faith. And Mm. even at the time, words like, gratitude and I, I've had I have major I had major challenges with all of that and maybe I still would if I hadn't began to experience energy mm-hmm. so as soon as I started working on clearing layer after layer of belief I started to feel energy I didn't know it was energy what I knew is that in my ankles and in my shins my legs always sort of had this, like I had just worked out or I'd gone on a, you know, a 20 mile hike and I came back and my legs were feeling tired. But you hadn't gone on a hike. No, I was just, <laughs> it was just my everyday. I'd wake up with that. I would walk around the house. I would sit down and watch TV and it would feel like my legs were tired. And then I noticed that over the months that it started to creep up. It was now like my whole legs. And then it started to go into my abdomen. And then, you know, I would, reach for a a spoonful of peanut butter and I would eat the spoonful of peanut butter. And then I get tingles all up my face. And it's like, Hey, my body loves peanut butter as much as I do. (laughs) But then it, but then my mental mind started to question like, well, maybe I'm sick. Mm. Like maybe there's something wrong with me. Like, what is this, this vibration, this tingling, this feeling that I'm feeling. And so my my human part went to the doctor and I had all the tests done 
was it MS? Was it an, an immune disease? Was it a, you know, flesh eating disease, like a, a nerve eating disease? Was it metal poisoning? Was it allergies to peanuts? Was it what all of the things they tested for all of the things and it was none of the things. None of the things. And it's still in it that allowed my mental mind to relax enough because it felt pleasurable. Mm. It felt as it, as it, grew and and formed my body, it felt really good. And so it wasn't until November of 2019, when I was down here, that I was called to go to an event. Now, um, I had done infinite possibilities training with Mike Dooley, and I really wanted to, to meet, to meet him. It was done online. And I called him, but he wasn't coming anywhere, right? He wasn't anywhere near I was, but I thought maybe he'll come close by. Then I look, I get an email from Notes from the Universe and in there he's coming to Carlsbad, which is where I am. It's the place he was doing it was literally 10 minutes up the road. I'm going, yes, I manifested that. Yes. <laughs> but it was called Solapalooza. And again, at this point, it was like, that's way too what I would have termed woo-woo. Yep. I didn't tell anybody that I was going. And after this conference, I went by myself. So during that event, I met my very first channel. Lee Harris comes on stage. I didn't know what channeling was. I didn't know him, but I'm sitting there and he starts channeling his guides. And that energy zoomed up my body out my head and it was like is anyone else experiencing this because it was strong and it was radiating out no one else seemed to be experiencing this <laughs> and if they did it didn't bother them <clears throat> he went off the stage it went away just to back to its normal phase at lunch period he was signing books and i thought maybe i should check out his book when I picked up his book woof, the energy flooded back and during that session that he did with us he said, we're all channels. And he had us do just a quick exercise to open ourselves up to channeling, connecting with our guide team, our soul self. But I didn't read it back. But that was my first time that I officially knew in my knowing that that energy that I was feeling was my connection with my soul self, with my guide team. And if I'd only read back the two sessions that I had done, one at lunchtime, when, by the way, I had the courage to ask people to come to lunch. I asked three different people, including one lady who was sitting by herself at the table, if I could join her for lunch. And they all said no. Hmm. And I, I almost broke down crying. It's like if I could have went to a room and, and <laughs> I would have. But the thought then came to me, the little voice came to me that says, take this opportunity to write some more. And I did. And again, I didn't read it back. It was like, it was about three months later that um, I had a real strong connection with uh, other channelers. And that's when I started journaling. And that's when I started automatic writing. And since then, I do two or three times a day of written channels from my team and that connection. And then it was just over a year ago that I started verbal channeling um, my guide team source, some ascended masters 
archangels, <laughs> our galactic wow. family, a whole bunch of people, and and light language. And light language started to come through, which is, for those who aren't familiar with light language, it's energy transmissions. They come through in sound and frequency. So there's nothing, there's not like words specifically that we understand, but it interacts directly with our cellular structure to help us clear things that need to be cleared and help activate within us, in our fields, things that will help us really live our our purpose and to live our fullest life. Mm. So it's just, it's been an exciting, exciting journey. It has been. And I'm, I'm so, so blessed to have been on this path sort of with you. I'm certainly, you know, journaling and uh, has certainly been part of, of my journal, my light, my path Um, and gratitude. You did mention gratitude because I think that is um, one thing that can make just, it, it raises the consciousness amazingly right it really does when we can all be in gratitude and be able to the smallest things right it's the small things that will lead to the bigger shifts but how do you do you incorporate a gratitude practice daily yes uh it's it's evolved over time and i just love waking up every day going thank you gaia for this brand new day thank you for this brand new me and really just reflecting on those things that are really standing out for me in gratitude, because there is nothing that will raise your vibration immediately than getting into gratitude for those things, big and small, that you have in your life. And I highly recommend that everyone have a gratitude practice of whatever it looks like. Writing it down is really beneficial because it allows you to go back in those days and in those moments that you are just not feeling you're not feeling it that you can go back and you begin to read it and it will lift your vibration sometimes joy is just too hard in the moment to to get to and it's all in a spectrum a state of joy is a spectrum and gratitude is on there and so write them down get into that practice of seeing it because the more you see it the more you're looking for those things you're uh, grateful for, you activate your reticular activating system, that aspect of your brain that then gives you the evidence for what you're looking for. You know, people, I remember we got a brand new car, a green, you know, Ford, and all of a sudden everywhere you see a green car. That's right. That's your reticular activating system. And so when you are focusing on finding those things you're grateful for, all of a sudden flowing to you are all the things you're grateful for. And writing those down is perfect. I'll often recommend a joy jar. Mm. So which you can put your gratitude in or those things that bring you joy. Because in the moments when you can't think of something that brings you joy to raise that vibration, you can pull from your joy jar and then do that. Yeah. You'll know that you always have access to something, even in those moments, those darkest moments, those most depressing times when you can't think of something. Because that's, we are energetic beings at our essence everything is energy and i've really shifted from what do i need to do to how do you be how do i want how can i be in a state of joy how can i be in peace how can i be in love and as we shift into those states we want to be able to 
tap into those feelings of gratitude to help us be what we're looking to bring in. Because as we align our frequency, our vibration, our energy signature to a higher level, to joy, to love, to balance, to peace, that has to come to you. Yeah. And that's where, when we go back to what we talked about earlier, being in receipt. Yeah. If you cannot receive, then all of those things that are looking to come to you are going to be outside of the figurative door. You're not going to be letting them in, even though they're at your doorstep to let in. And again, receiving, you think, oh, I can receive. But can you receive a compliment? Can you receive love? Can you receive a gift from somebody without feeling you need to justify it or or offer something back in return? Or can you get to a point where you can just say thank you and it feels good in your body? Yeah. Because it's, it's all the areas of reception that when you're trying to manifest, if you can't receive it, you're not going to do it. But if you can just keep yourself one day at a time in gratitude, one day at a time following those things that are bringing you joy, your vibration, your energy signature is going to be at such a level that all of those things are reflected back in your exterior world. You just need to be open to receiving them. Yeah, and that's um I I created a uh a 31 day gratitude challenge um and I'll put that in the show notes it's it's a free email challenge and getting people to think about different things right it can be it's not always a the big big things it can be so simple just to like you said you can't always just jump to the joy sometimes you just need to step up that um that ladder the next wrong right okay i i'm not frustrated today i'm this i'm I'm getting a little bit closer to joy and that's why having one or two three things to be thankful and grateful for in appreciation of every day raises like you said raises your vibration and when we can do that individually right we do that collectively yes as the collective right 100 percent. and it's true it doesn't have to be the big things How often I'll sit with my cacao coffee in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, and I smell it and I taste it. And part of being in gratitude, it brings you into the moment. Yes. It brings you into the moment. And maybe I'm grateful for just the sun beaming in the window and how it feels caressing my skin. Or maybe it was the hummingbird that this morning as I was sitting outside came down and sat on a branch in front of me. You know, it, it doesn't have to be big. No. And that's be that hug from your kid, right? Absolutely. And what I love what you just said, right? Because that is, for me, it's get out of that living on autopilot by being present. Mm-hmm. And when you are in gratitude for what you have, you are only in the now. You are in the present moment because everything else is is irrelevant. I mean, Every moment is the now, right? Our future is now, but it's that now. And when we can focus on where we are um, and, and then we, you're able to create more time, right? Because you're so engrossed in where you are. And so is that sort of the one of the first steps for anyone who is maybe starting out on this spiritual path? And I know we've also talked about that word, right? The spiritual journey or God energy source 
whatever it is that people resonate with. Is that sort of one of the best ways for people to start just with simply a gratitude practice? Gratitude is a great, is a great first step. What I, because connecting with spirit in a way that I know has been so life-changing for me because it has allowed me to be able to come fully present and fully release the fear because I know that everything is happening for me, that if, if people feel called to it, I would, I would recommend first that they ask to be connected in a way that they know to their soul, to their, to their guides, to their angel, whatever word, because it doesn't matter to the team that's supporting them because we've got team, a team (laughs) and into the infinite. We've got so many beings and energies and our guides who are supporting us, but they can't help us in a really a tangible way unless we ask for it because we have free choice. We have, we can run our life however we wish it, but they're always helping us. They're always there. Those, those urges, those inspirations, those thoughts, those knowings that, you know, oh, I knew that she was going to call me or I just knew that that person liked me or I just knew if they, if you, so I, I would suggest that if anyone asks, to ask to learn who your guides are, ask to connect in a way that you know, start asking for those signs. And, and, and yes, do that in combination with yeah. gratitude, because that's, because you're not, if you're sitting there going, ah, I'm not connected to anybody and I don't know this. <laughs> no. Their frequency is much higher. They can come down a bit to connect with you, but you, you have to raise your vibration to get in that connection, in that, in that tangible way that you might know, but know that they are always here. They're always connecting with you. When you start asking to see signs, when you start asking it, they will answer. They always answer always, always, always without exception. You just have to have be open to receiving the answer. That's the key, right? Because you, you still have to be open in the, the knowing that, that it will appear for you and so is it really necessary for because people may not be at a point where they necessarily like let's say people love their job someone's in a position they love their job but they still know that there's something more and so they don't necessarily need to surrender right because we've talked about uh sometimes i've people surrender and they just they just literally fall on their knees and asks for the sign don't always have to be at that point in your life in order to know right no (laughs) no we have a a myth a myth that we have to go through the dark night of the soul in order to make changes in our lives no no we don't that's one way to learn and that's one way to progress but if you're if you are in a position and you are getting that sense, that yearning, that knowing that maybe you want something else. First of all, congratulations that you are aware because awareness is really the first step. You don't know what you don't know until you begin to ask the question and become aware. And wherever you are, we often have this misconception that that to be spiritual, you have to 
have a job that's spiritual. Mm. No, we are aspects of the creator in form and we're here to be us in our true authentic self doing the things that bring us joy. That's what we're here for. That's our purpose. If everyone found the things that bring them joy and did those things, what a different world. The world would change incredibly. And so if you're in love with your job, awesome. You're on your purpose. Keep doing that and ask yourself, what else can I do that brings me joy? However, if you're not feeling that you're really doing those things that bring you joy and you, and you have responsibilities, you've got a mortgage, you've got kids, you've got, you've got to pay the bills and put food on the table. Well, jumping off the bridge and saying, I'm going to be spiritual. No, you're already spiritual. What you get to do is to begin really digging deep into what brings you joy. And every day, start with your gratitude practice, sitting still in meditation, even if it's just for a few minutes. Start thinking about what your life would look like. What would it feel like if you were doing that joyful thing, as whether it's your livelihood or otherwise, spend some time raising your vibration in that sense and take those little action steps. Do those little joyful things. Because as you do that, your you the vibrational frequency that you hold, your sort of baseline, will lift. And then the world has to reflect differently around you. How you experience the world will reflect differently because it has to. Everything is an inside job. What you're experiencing inside will be outpictured in the world around you. And so it's about bringing that joy, that happiness, that peace, that balance into the little moments. So whether it's from your joy jar, whether it's contributing with your your gratitude journal, whether it's just processing the emotions, because the biggest one of the biggest things is that we are told not to feel. We don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel those feelings. And so we shove them down and that gets stuck in our system. That's our energy stuck in the body, which leads to dis-ease, to illness. It leads to us uh, having the having a lower vibration and calling more of that to us. And so it really is about doing the small things over time. And then what you in all likelihood will notice is that the perfect opportunity for you to take a jump where you're supported, where you're taking care of will come up because you are living that the joy and the happiness and the peace already. So that's why it really, to me, it comes down to who do I want to be today? How do I want to be in the moment? How do I want to feel in the moment? And all of the things, all the things that we try so hard for, be ready to receive them. Be ready to receive them because it doesn't take all of the hard work and hustle to be supported in this life. Yeah. We've been taught that it does. And that's just, it's not the case. Yeah, very much so. I think um, the hustle culture is definitely changing. Um, but yes, we have to slow down as a culture, as a society 
and find more joy. I think, like you said, right, when we start to find those little things, whether it's reading for five minutes a day of something or painting, um, you know, playing with your kids and being fully there, it, it permeates everywhere. It just goes everywhere. Um, so I love that so much how you said that. And I think, right, it is hard if that's maybe not the right word for people who are already in that 20 year career, right? And like you said, bills have to be paid or, you know, they're, they don't know how to get out and you can't necessarily, you know, not have a job without the money, but finding little things every day will then, like you said, provide the opportunities, but you've got to do that work. And I think a lot of people, as I've said before, aren't willing to go there because it is painful for Mm -hmm. some, right? Dealing with whatever beliefs of the unworthiness and all those layers. But I feel that as a collective, we have to start spreading this more. And that's why I know what you're doing in the world right now is so needed and um, sharing your story about, you know, having that perfect life to unraveling it to now actually creating your perfect life. Yeah. And being open to the magic lie. It's being open to what my guides keep saying over and over is that we are stepping, we are shifting so much as a collective and as a planet that we don't get to know the next step. We don't get to know we're walking into uncharted territory that has never been available to us. They, they make reference, you know, to a, a, a menu that we don't, we think that this is everything that we can have on our menu, but in fact, there's a brand new menu and we don't know it yet. And so for me, it's, it's really walking the balance of creating in the moment, those things that bring me joy that I, that I want to experience in the world, but also being open to a whole new world that is opening up for us as a humanity, as we continue on this path and to be open to getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, getting comfortable with not being able to plan as far out in the future as like, I'm a, I loved planning. I loved, I didn't want to do anything spontaneously. And I have had to learn to be okay with living in the moment and knowing and trusting that when I need to know something, I'm going to know it. And I think I want to, what comes up to me right now is this thought around, well, we need to go looking for the, all of those beliefs that are holding us back, all of those structures. I'm now aware that I've got beliefs. And now I start digging like an archeologist to try to find all of all of the things that are wrong, all of the things that are stopping me from being who I need to be. And I think that's a, that's a rabbit hole that can keep you stuck Mm -hmm. because as you put your focus there, that's what you're creating more of. And what my team has said over and over in their teachings is that that time of needing to really look for and search for what's holding us back, what's keeping us stuck. We don't got to do that anymore. If we focus on those small things that are bringing us joy, those things that we are grateful for, as we begin to take those little steps towards those things, we will be 
presented with those beliefs and those wounds that need to be healed in order to take those steps. So if there is something that you have to release, if there's something that you get to heal, <laughs> you're going to find it in the moment that you're in. And you don't need to go searching for enough because you're going to have enough coming forward to you as you allow it. And what you want to be able to do is keep yourself in the joy as balanced as you can in every moment so that as you receive those lessons, those beliefs that come to your awareness, you're in a position to go, okay, I see you. I acknowledge you. Yeah. I'm willing to feel you in my body and I'm ready to release you and thank you for what you have. And it doesn't have to be hard anymore. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard to release these layers. Yeah. We just need to acknowledge them, see them, feel them, thank them. Yep. And let them go. And trust me, they're going to want to go. The most beautiful thing that I heard was that when you open the door to let things out, they want to go because vibration attracts vibration, the law of attraction, right? Resonance. And that goes with the things that are, the things that aren't good. They don't want to be with you as you raise your vibration. They want out the door. And what you learn when you open the door is that not only do they want to go, but there are the gifts that have been sitting on the doorstep waiting for you to receive them to come in. And it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It gets to be easy, Lyanne. It gets to be yeah. easy. Yeah, the abundance, right? Everything that you have put out there, and like you mentioned earlier, is that sometimes we get so focused on knowing what we don't want, um, but we need to get clear on what we do want. And even though we've been already put that out to the universe, right? You know, I don't want this job anymore. So you've automatically put out that you want a better job, but you've got to get clear on that. And like you said, once you can get the next step and be in gratitude, though, for the job that maybe you do have, is that then you start to see everything else, all the other possibilities that are out there. And I love that so much that you just have to, don't you don't have to go digging to solve the problems in your past because as you continue to dig there you dig deeper and then you can't dig yourself out sometimes and so when you can approach every layer as you get to it and then peel it back and let it go it's much easier to go to the next one right rather than being stuck in that hole And the beautiful thing is you are never given a problem in your present experience that you are not prepared to solve. You've already created the solution. So when you are allowing yourself to be aware and respond to what is happening in your current moment, you are prepared to answer it and you can know and take those action steps to release it, heal it, transform it, transmute it, whatever is needed. When you go digging for those things that aren't ready to be released yet, you get frustrated and they continue to come up. Yeah. When you wait for the present moment and allow yourself to be in joy, doing the things that you love as much as you can from the space that you're at, you're prepared to deal with everything that comes with you, yeah. that comes to you. And it's, it's just so fabulous. It is amazing. It's fabulous to just allow it to happen, to know that, 
we are always prepared for what's coming to us if we allow ourselves to just be at the highest we can do, do the things and what we need to learn will come knocking on our doorstep. Yes, exactly. And that's definitely something I have uh, for myself over the last couple of years, right, is being in, you can't get where you want to be by negating where you are, but not being stuck with where, what is, if that makes any sense. But it's like, you have to get clear on where you want to be and what kind of life you want to create, but not be stuck so much in the where you are now. Does that make sense? Maybe you can clarify what I'm trying to say, but it's the be grateful for you are, but don't stay there. Yeah, I think, no, I I think you said it is that it's hard to feel grateful if you're somewhere where you don't want to be. And the question, and the question becomes to yourself in every moment, how can I change the perception of where I am right now? in order to bring me a bit of peace? How can I see the circumstance that I'm in right now from a different perspective, a different vantage point? And that's where if you connect and ask to be aligned with the higher perspective of your higher self, who can see they're standing perhaps on the mountaintop and we're down in the valley, they can see the higher perspective and it can really help us change that perspective to make the moment you're in more joyful, more grateful, even as you're then taking those steps towards that dream and desire. And I think when you pay attention to those dreams and desires and urges and inspirations you get, that's, that's the universe giving you the signpost that you're going in the right direction. And so, yeah, you may not be 100% in love with where you are, but find the place, find the places where you are in love with in your day. And that will, that will counteract. So don't focus on the stuff that you don't want. Be grateful for those aspects of your life where you are, that you are grateful for to help lift your vibration and then take the little baby steps towards where you're looking to go to. And I want to say, Lion, what came up as you were talking, and I think it, I hope that it's useful for somebody, is that I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And even to a certain degree, I keep it really open now But what I said to the universe without even knowing it at the time, what I knew deep in my being is that I didn't care what it was that I did. What I cared is that I was in joy. Mm. What I cared is that I, that I was making an impact that whatever I did, I felt fulfilled in doing it and that I was balanced as doing it. And so being in joy, feeling balanced, doing something fulfilling and making an impact in the world, use me spirit, use me universe. I'm here, I'm here to do it, whatever it is. And that has opened up for me magic because if I'm feeling joyful, if I'm feeling fulfilled, if I'm making an impact, that's what I want. Yeah. It can look in many different ways. And if the universe has a, a grand plan, if I, my soul has a plan, I'm pretty happy. And, and people would say, well, shouldn't you add financial abundance in there? And it's like, eh, I don't have to, because am I going to be joyful if I'm scrounging for every penny? If I don't have food on the table, if I'm worried about having shelter, no, no. joyful to me means you're abundant. 
It means you're abundant. Feeling fulfilled means you're abundant. If you can't put food in your table, are you feeling fulfilled in what you're doing? Probably not. No. And, and so that's a whole other conversation, right? The lack and scarcity mindset and how that holds people back. I think that's, that'll be another podcast episode, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. There's just so much more. So someone like, I just, in the last little bit that you just said there, you know, connecting with guides and, and we mentioned at the beginning and we, we both have stopped using that term in, in our lives of the woo-woo-ness because there is still, it's definitely, I think in the circles that we both are in, that's not the way it is perceived um, because it's just, this is just source. It's energy. This is who we are as souls in this human body. But people who are maybe still a little skeptical, still a little not on the belief that we are anything more than just this physical being, this physical body. Is there something that they can look towards or advice that you can give with them. I mean, some people will never get there and that's okay, right? We're, everyone is on their own path and we, we understand and accept that. But maybe if there's people that are still toying with the woo-woo-ness of all of this, like you've been talking about the connecting with guides and spirit, is there something that you can maybe share uh, that they can look into for themselves? Or, I mean, obviously we know we're going to get all your information at the end, but something that they can do on their own to look into this a little bit more. I want to reiterate what you said is the people who are listening to this are already opening up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's being willing, it's setting it as a possibility And just as an example, my husband and I are in different paths, approaching it in different ways. And that's perfect. There is no one way to have this experience. So so you have to be open to it. You have to give yourself permission to experience it in a way that you will know. And so if there's even an inkling, you're thinking, this sounds like a bunch of crazy talk. (laughs) but you're listening, then know that you're already guided here and continue to do what you're doing. Listen, begin to ask yourself, what's more? When you ask a question, you're going to get an answer. If you're interested, do what I said before, which is ask to be shown in a way that you know, in a tangible, physical, experiential way. That's often what people need. They aren't going to be told. It's got to be experiential. If I hadn't experienced it in energy, I might not be believing it because I can feel the connection. I can feel when I make it so tangibly in my body. But I think that everyone needs to be happy where they are on their journey. And I think what those of us who have made the connection, our role is to be that Mm-hmm. Our role is to live our lives in such a way that those people who aren't open start to ask the question, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing that has made your life joyful, abundant, 
we become the role models and that is our job and for every person who's on here who is desiring who is making that impact <laughs> on a sort of a and out there, there are millions of beings who wanted to be on this earth right now at this time during this ship where we are awakening to the vastness of our being. And you're here. You're in a body and form, which means you are needed. Yeah. You are needed. Your vibration, your gifts, your energy is needed now. And so be that embrace the fact that you are here for a reason you are needed in this shift if you're listening to these words you're a way shore a light worker and your energy is needed and so ask yourself what do you need what do you need to know ask to be shown what your next step is take those little steps of gratitude take the steps of sitting in stillness and just asking to connect Oh. And just be in joy. Just take the next step wherever you are in the rung in any now moment. Take that step to do the thing. Give yourself permission to step outside the box that mm -hmm. we've built around ourselves yeah. and be that. And as, as you do that, those others will open in perfect ways. And the best thing that we can do for anyone is love yourself where you're at. You don't have to, you don't have to be channeling your spirit. If you are doing the things that light you up, you're automatically connected, whether you know it or not, you can't not be, that's who we are at our essence. And I would just say to anyone, if you're curious, ask to be connected in a way that you, you know, if it's not quite where you're at right now, as much as you can follow those things that bring you joy, that light you up and watch the things you say to yourself. Ask to be aware of those patterns that aren't serving you anymore and be willing to release them. And as you do that, you are going to open. There is nobody on this planet who is not experiencing the shift in energy that's happening in consciousness on this planet. And every person has their own soul path at, on this lifetime. And it's nobody but you who can, who can decide. It's no one but you who knows what that path is and it's going inside and saying, you know, what can I do today? What's what, how do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And what do I need to do in order to be that and follow that? Amazing. Amazing. So much, so much here. Um, again, there will be another podcast for sure. Um, so Joanne, thank you so much, but where can people find you, follow you, all the things? Yeah, all of, you can follow me at, at my website at joannecarry.com. I've got a YouTube station. You can find me on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well at Joanne Carey page, but you can find it all on my website, joannecarry.com. Great. And just for everybody, I will, of course, put that all in the show notes. And I just thank you so much, Joe, because this has definitely been, as we've continued our 35 year plus journey together it's just getting better and i think that what you're doing in the world is so necessary to raise the vibration of the collective and i appreciate you and so grateful and so thank you so much and if you've loved this podcast please make sure that you share it with someone who you know needs it thank you joe oh thank you so much Lian. it's been awesome 
I hope that you love this conversation as much as I did. And don't worry, Joanne will definitely be back for another episode. But as a listener of the Spiritual Shifter podcast, Joanne has graciously provided you with a coupon code for the Connect to Your Spirit Guides experience. You can grab that in the show notes. And a reminder, Joanne is hosting a live interactive channeled event on Tuesday, December 20th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a choose what you pay event, and I will say that this is an experience you don't want to miss. You can head to joannecarry.com slash boundless or check out the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipper Group podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shiftworker and on Instagram at Lianne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.